To the D's on Fire podcast. It's all right. Everybody breathe. The game seemed important. Really wasn't in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> if, you're, if you're if you're really talking about what mattered, that's not it. The next few games are what matters. So that we we got the loss out of, out of the way, and now <laughs> we're ready to run. Maybe. Uh, so. Big maybe. Hey, we'll go through Fordham again. It's tough to beat a team three times in a in a season. That's what um, they always say in the NFL, but it's kind of not true, isn't it? No, I actually don't know the numbers on it, but I don't know either. But we we didn't play them well at our house. We that was I take that more as on us in our our loss at home at their house. We played them well up to a point, and then it was just the game got out of hand. Um, I don't, I don't know how you want how you took it watching it, but I I really felt like the refs, the refs called it one way, and they bought the flop city that was Fordham all day. Yeah, I think the whistle did change. Um first half compared to the second half first half like you said it was kind of it's a close game up until that rj gun which was a foul and that was a technical all right let's get into that breaking it down there was some contact by both players then it looked like it should have been a jump ball after rj gun ripped it out of his hands and then the point guard quisenberry ripped it back out after it probably should have been a jump ball. Then there was there was a push. It was not a push that should have taken Quisenberry to the ground like that. He definitely yeah. sold it. Should not have even been a technical at that point, in my opinion. More so just a foul that the refs kind of let the game get out of hand. Then after that, one of the Fordham players comes in, Rose, number 10, shoves rj gun no punishment for him whatsoever during this refs give all the fouls toward rj gun they gave him a flagrant a technical and a common foul um so yeah yeah i mean probably the distribution of fouls was wrong but that was definitely a technical that that was like i i feel like the was it the flagrant that gives them possession, right? Right. I feel like in today's basketball, that's a flagrant, like what RJ Gunn did. It was like unnecessary. All right. But literally one of their players shoved him even further away from, from the basketball side of things, and he didn't get anything. So, like, if, if you're saying that's a flagrant, fine. There's a flagrant on Fordham's team as well then. Yeah, it was it wasn't as one-sided as the the refs made it out to be. I agree with that. 
but that's clearly um all like the the calls aside that was that moment from that moment on it was just change that changed the entire momentum of the game we it was the score was 30 to 29 duquesne was up by one after that possession seven point possession it's 36 30 and they never look back at that point i think the six point lead was the biggest lead of the game it was a very back and forth game so not only did you flip who was ahead you just gave literally gave away the biggest lead in the game um, yeah and that was at the three minute and like 40 mark yeah like that was most of the pretty much the whole first half was tied like it's it's crazy to think about it was, and the halftime score was what 45 30 something like yeah it, it was a double digit um lead in fordham's favor and you wouldn't have any idea that that game was close before that if you just look at the halftime score from the atlantic 10's perspective you had a wildly entertaining game going on for 15 16 minutes that mattered a lot and then they're like i understand actually started second half we still were playing well and the refs still were i think calling it inconsistently on both sides um at that i think in the beginning of the first half that was kind of true and then we started getting some whistles in the second half or second half yeah late, later in the second half but yeah when the game was already out of hand they yeah, evened yeah. up the fouls which yeah that doesn't that doesn't do us any good you already gave the game away yeah thanks uh, <laughs> yeah we're, we're down 30 points oh now you're calling fouls against them that's fantastic um there was one moment in the second half in particular that also got like my flop city rage against them, which was uh, players were diving for the loose ball on the floor. And oh, uh, yeah, the commentators. The commentators were complaining. And Rose, even if he did get like a foot to the head, like with the player diving, yeah. he was rolling around like Neymar on the pitch. My God. And Fordham takes such pride in being a tough, hard-nosed team. We're not going to let anybody run over us. And then they flop. They're New Yorkers, you know. They flop like no other. Quisenberry, in particular, just continuing to flop and complain to the refs throughout the game. Their coach was complaining with – I don't think you watched the under five-minute mark. The coach was complaining with two minutes left. They're up 27 points that the refs called a foul against them. I was irate the entirety of the second half at the announcers, at the fans, at the coaches, definitely at the players. Just it I was... didn't like the cut of the of Fordham's coach when he was um in a suit. Who wears a suit anymore? Come on. This well, is, New York. Uh, New this York. Is, this is New York, new, new era basketball. We wear sweats just like every basketball player in history. They prefer sweats over over suits, but yeah, our our Twitter account got lit up after this one. Not gonna lie, uh, but that just fuels the fire of if we uh, do win in the game that matters, uh, if we get there in in a few days, I I get to go on a nice little uh, nice little circle back on all those tweets, and boy oh boy, Big Cat has taught me well just to quote tweet and say, oh no, what happened. Oh, 
Oh, that 30-point <clears throat> loss really mattered, didn't it? Oh, man, that would be so The regular sweet. season doesn't matter, Nick. I don't know if you know that. That's, I don't know that's what I was taught in the NBA. So. Well, in, in the in the zero-bid league, Atlantic 10, it definitely doesn't matter because there's there's talks that VCU, if they go all the way to the championship game and lose – probably still won't be that's our best chance at having a second team in the LA in the NCAA tournament still likely wouldn't wouldn't get us there so that's tough to hear yeah but yeah in terms of like the actual game refs aside um Duquesne offensively was atrocious well especially in the second half especially in the second half but even in the first half um I just felt like and I didn't when like the Davidson loss, you could definitely you could notice the aggression and the effort on Davidson's defense. I didn't necessarily feel that way with Fordham. Like, yeah, it was tough to get good shots, but we were still generating like what would have been good opportunities to shoot, but we just weren't making shots. And there were some guys that weren't taking shots, particularly Day Day and Trey Clark in the first half. I feel like Joe Reese. He's the only starter that was in double digits, but he was also the most aggressive. I felt like there was a lack of aggression offensively. Yeah. Uh, Dixon looked, I thought he looked decent in his minutes that he got in the first half in particular. Second half, I just, it was just second. There's half, not a I lot felt, of notes from the second half. Second half, our offense was chuck up threes to try and cut back into it. And we weren't making threes and they weren't necessarily good shots in the second half. That was more so us just trying to make a comeback out of nowhere. But in the first half, I thought I outside of those four minutes in the first half, I thought we were playing an excellent game of basketball. I thought it was just a great game both ways. I really did. I, we were getting cuts to the basket. We weren't necessarily shooting that many threes in that time span, but we were getting good looks right next to the basket for the most part, um, which against Fordham is great because – they're basically challenging you to beat them to get to that spot. So we were doing that. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. I felt like, excuse me, before the, that RJ gun, the, the seven point possession too, I think what helped keep Fordham in the game, I saw this, I was just looking up like box score stuff. Fordham got to the line and shot 12, 14 in the first half from the line. Like they weren't really generating too much offensively from the floor. The um, only the only fouls before that uh, seven point swing was shooting fouls where players were going to the basket. That was really the only fouls that, that were called prior to that. Um, so that that does make sense in my mind. I I honestly out of those fourteen free throws, I'm gonna guess more than half of those were after that or like after the five minute less left in the first half. Yeah, I guess I could have counted, but who cares? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we Duquesne shot as a team 33% from the field, 13% from three. Um, all three of our makes came in the first half. We didn't make one three in the second half. Um, just kind of reminds you of like how reliant this offense is on the three-point shot. Yeah. And how ugly it can look when that shot doesn't hit. And we also didn't generate 
a lot of turnovers and steals in this game, which I said in the last podcast, if we don't get steals, I am, I feel even worse for our offense more so than our defense. Well, that, that's our, that's our game at this point. Like it used to be, if we got killed on the rebounds, then our, the game was over. Realistically, the number is if we get, if we're able to turn them over, then we're going to yeah. win. If we don't, then we're going to lose. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm just looking at the numbers now, like, other than shooting, every category is like we got beat, but not by a lot. Like 43 rebounds to 36 rebounds. Um, we didn't have a lot of turn. We weren't coughing the ball up, only 11 turnovers. That's pretty good. That's not too bad. Um, they just shot, Fordham just shot really well. They almost shot 50% from the field. I'm shocked about the three point numbers. They made nine, nine threes, shooting 43% from three. That's not in their game. Um, that also has to do with them being at home. So you're going to shoot a little bit better in a big game like that. They had a great crowd. And they had, at the end of the game, they were making a few threes and it was low pressure at that point too, because yeah. you're already up by so much. You're just feeling it at that point. And it wasn't like they were hot in the first half or hot in the second half. Like they were kind of consistent with the yeah. percentages all game long and they were getting good shots. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's no way you can win when Day-Day has five points, shoots two of eight from the field. Trey Clark, one of seven from the field, three points. Tevin Brewer, three points, one of six from the field. I mean, those are all, those are key guys not, not scoring enough points. Reese played well, and I like I said, I liked his aggression. Didn't feel that aggression really from anyone else. It, we kind of fell flat in that sense, I felt. Well, in the first half, I felt like all our bigs were doing good aggression-wise. There were some that got blocked more than others. Trey Williams in particular, I remember two or three times where he went up, looked like a layup, but he did he was going up soft with a layup instead of expecting yeah. contact. Yeah, um, I agree, yeah. So, like, they, they were going towards the basket, but I agree that Trey – or that – Reese definitely had the vibe of expecting contact more than our other bigs. Dixon, I think he might've been expecting contact, but he's still just not. That's, that's one of the big jumps that I'm hoping he makes in the off season where him and Barre with that holding onto the ball through contact sort of thing. Um, hope, hopefully that develops more. Yeah. Dick, and I was kind of shocked that, uh, not shocked, but I mean, Rotroff only played six minutes in this game clearly opted for Dixon to play those minutes. It's not really a big deal. It's just something. Yeah. There's not, there's not like anything else to talk about other than how poorly Duquesne played. So uh, that's I just, mean, I'm trying to divert a little bit. Yeah. I, at that point you're going for athletic upside and just trying to light a spark and Rotroff while he's, he's steady. He's, he's not the likely guy to light a spark on the team. And, and it wasn't like we were getting, I think in the first half, there were some offensive boards that Fordham got, gave them second chance points, but it wasn't getting, it wasn't one of those signature needing Duquesne got crushed on the glass yeah. um, games. We've seen a lot worse. So I wouldn't say that was the reason. Um, yeah, this was, uh, this was depressing. That, this was a depressing loss. I hope. I hope this doesn't carry into the tournament. That's that's the type of that's how bad this loss was. 
I mean, my mindset, which we couldn't do because you, you really wanted to talk about Fordham, was that we literally not mentioned this game. And I feel like the team just... We had to mention this game. We were so excited and hyped for this game. We had to talk about it. This is... the After this game, Duquesne coaches tell the guys, wipe it from your memory. It's done. Buried. We're moving on. Like, yeah. not even making it to the bosses. In the locker room, you tell them that. This is it. Instead, we're moving on. The only thing that could change that is if you just want to feed them all night after they beat LaSalle or who's LaSalle playing? Beats me. Uh, I I kind of earmarked it that we were going to def- definitely play LaSalle. So that's on me. Um Sal or Rhode Island, either one of those teams we we matched up well against at their home courts. So, or no, we only played Rhode Island at home. LaSalle, we played at LaSalle. Yeah. Um, I'm fine playing either of those teams. I mean, obviously the players need to have a better mindset than that, but from a fan standpoint, if we lose to one of those teams, I'm glad the season's over. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know. What What do you think about the tournament, I guess? I mean, it. we've got to be – out of the four teams that we'd be, like, best matched up with of the top four seeds, I'd say VCU is definitely our best matchup, despite the fact that they are the number one seed. Um <laughs> Dayton's definitely the team that I want to face the least of the four, but we clearly don't match up well. We didn't match up well against St. Louis, Dayton, or Fordham. So we're going to have to get through teams that we did not find answers for earlier this year. St. Louis, I think, obviously, the way that that game went was, you know, it was was an outlier of points in the paint given up. I've watched St. Louis play three games since our game against them. And I think they've only played four or five after this. Yeah. That was such an anomaly on their part where like Okoro has not looked nearly as dominant since then. I, I don't know. Like our mismatch. Is it us? It, I think it was (laughs) Brewer and Rozier just could not cover like I'm sorry, like in a matchup against St. Louis, McGriff has to be on the floor a bunch, and we can't have that nightmare of a mismatch go against us. But I think the more I I look at it, I think, yeah, it might have just been our bigs were not ready for the challenge. That really might have been what it came down to. It's a... I'll be honest. I'm struggling after after watching that game. I'm struggling. I mean, I'm struggling to draw draw positivity. I know this team is. Uh, it, it also gave me thoughts of like. Um, reminds me of the Sixers that I've been watching the last five years. Just no, don't you say no, 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 that. Listen, 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 don't listen. You, no. you know that you're watching a good team, but for some reason, they like, they have these crazy losses 
that are unexplainable. And like there's a certain level of expectation with this team and then you're immediately like let down. That that that's how I feel. I'm down. I'm down bad. <laughs> you I'm down bad. You really are. My my comment to you before that Fordham game was we were gonna go into this, just make it a hype video that we don't even have, where we're just hyping up the team all the way through, just naming off names, going, dog, Trey Clark, <laughs> dog, Trey Williams, dog. And we don't have that energy right now. We don't have it. No, I I, I don't have it. I'm trying I'm trying to like there was nothing positive from this game that I Joe Reese is like the only it guy that I wanted to give credit to because not only in the box score but just watching I could see he he want he, you know he wanted to be out there that's that's how it came off I don't know I don't know well maybe we just stink being away I don't know that could have been it too neutral site now we're ready yeah. I mean we haven't we definitely haven't played well away um, yeah we've got GW that was a win, a win away win. We've got LaSalle and St. Joe's, which like, I mean, they finished okay record-wise, but there was a clear difference in talent with teams that we, if the team that we're playing on the road is in our league, I'll say, talent-wise, then we're in trouble on the road. Neutral site, who knows? I will say this, though. Of all the neutral teams for a New York team, uh, New York site, Fordham, pretty tough of a draw. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's – I don't really have much else to say on, until until we know who, who we're playing, which you'll find out. We're time traveling a little bit. We're recording – yeah tuesday or uh excuse me monday and then we'll preview uh tuesday so i mean i hey players can't do this i'm kind of looking past this tuesday game and it is going from we i don't know how you can possibly say that after what we just watched because we're because we're playing teams that we're better than we just went over it we're not we're above their league in my opinion so, I agree, but I mean, I don't know how you can watch what you saw on Saturday and actually still think that. Because this team is over reliant on the on the three point shot and turnovers, like we have to be hot in both of those categories to win. Not this against, tournament. not against Lasalle or Rhode Island. No, we don't have to be hot in those categories. We have to be hot in one of them. That's Maybe. our offense. That's our Maybe. offense. Like, I, that's kind of what it LaSalle, is. Now. LaSalle, we dominated down low. We didn't turn that turn them over that much. It was a complete reversal of the St. Louis game. We do not need to do that against these two teams. They that could point. adjust. They could try to adjust. I, look, I, 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 I agree. I agreed with you before Saturday. <laughs> and now after what I watched, everything is everything's upside down. Struggle against the top I don't know what's up. I, I don't know what's down. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> We I'm contemplating whether doing this podcast at all at this point. <laughs> we struggle <laughs> against the top teams in our conference. The team that we're playing Tuesday is not going to be a top team, or Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday is not going to be a top team in our conference. The Thursday game against Fordham 
is going to be that. And that is the game I'm focused on because I I am so confident. And like I said, if if that confidence backfires, the podcast is done for the year anyway. So what do I care? <laughs> we just won't work. It'll just be like, this will be the last set of years can, from us. We can, we can do a short one where we say, well, that sucked. And then that's it. We just have the one one sentence. Well, that's, that's kind of what you wanted this period. podcast to be this episode. But I told you we had to talk a little bit more than just say, oh, well, that wasn't great. Which, I mean, uh, we sort of did. But at the same time, it's basically been a repeat of that. <laughs> yeah. So, all I right. Know, that, that's about it. But, all right. You know what? I'm ready to switch to optimism mode. You get your best games from if you we get our A game played with these players. I'm trying to think of a team that I'd be worried. I'm worried about Dayton. If we both if we play our A game, Dayton plays our A game. Worried about Dayton. All the other teams, I'm not worried about. If we play our absolute A game, if Tevin Brewer's shooting lights out and not turning the ball over, Kareem Rogier comes off the bench, steady handed drawing a steal, maybe a charge, getting some assists, a few of those mid-range shots that he's known to hit, great. Dixon comes out on fire, two steals, two blocks, six rebounds, eight points off the bench. Like, if you if we get an A effort across the board, Dayton is the only team I'd be worried about. Um, I mean, I know, I know we beat VCU obviously but and admittedly i haven't watched a single minute of vcu since that game but i would imagine that they're not the same team that we played earlier that was what like the third conference game was against vcu or something it was early in our conference schedule yeah um that that would be that would be my only pushback but that's based on nothing other than their first in the a10 (laughs) got the number one seed and a lot of time has passed. So, yeah. Surprisingly, RJ Gunn still the leader of our plus minuses. By the way, uh, maybe not so surprising since he was probably not getting too many minutes after that uh, moment in Fordham's game. And he was a uh, what like three for three in the first like and when yeah, I was made, I wrote in my well. notes I'm like oh okay RJ Gunn is hot from hot from the field. He was leading our team with six points, I think, at that point. Yeah, I mean, he he went perfect in in his first three shots, and then didn't make another one after that. So, all right, I'll, I'm gonna try. I'm I'm still recovering, obviously. So I will tomorrow point, I will when we do the preview. Out. I'll be in a better mindset. I promise to be more optimistic. And then Wednesday, it's like, okay, we're gonna win this. No, no doubt. So I'm still mourning. Spite, spiteful Nick on Twitter did not tweet out my initial reaction to Dixon's second free throw going in and out and then them getting Chick-fil-A. In hindsight, I'm glad the students got a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. I am. So they get sandwiches? Is that confirmed? Yeah, for the two missed free throws, they get a free Chick-fil-A sandwich, which I mean, Chick-fil-A sandwiches are great. I'm, I'm never going to... No, Never I'm jealous of that. The, the, so the Sixers for a, a long, long time. Yeah, it was the Wendy's, right? It was well, yeah, it was Wendy's free frosties if uh two missed free throws in, in the second half by the away team. 
this year it is Chick-fil-A, but it's not free sandwich, it's um nuggets. Oh. You get like a I think a six six count of, of nuggets, but I'd much rather have the Chick-fil-A sandwich. So yeah, then it's especially a six piece. Maybe if it's like I don't even know if they do ten piece. Uh they have uh eight piece. Eight, eight, eight. or twelve piece is their big is their big one. I guess I'd rather a twelve piece than than sandwich. It could be an eight it could be an eight piece. I could be wrong. I know six piece is like a kid's meal size. So yeah. Either I'm, way, you get nuggets. And I wouldn't want nuggets, I'd want a sandwich. So good on Fordham. Yeah. Way to way to work it. And going off of that note, Duquesne has an NIL uh organization now. The Red and Blue Collective just just got formed. Uh it's Duquesne University's NIL uh collective supporting and partnering with duquesne student athletics not officially affiliated with the university because all nil uh groups really can't be but um it's a great way to get get good connections with the student athletes getting them to promote your businesses they're not a charitable organization so it's not a tax deductible expense on that aspect but you can use it for advertising dollars for your business and have it tax I mean, you're the accountant. You know this stuff more than me. Um, but yeah, unofficially, shout out to the Red and Blue Collective. Excited to see that we finally made that step because it seemed like basically every other college had had one at this point. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the Dukes are officially in New York at this point. So let's hope that uh, let's hope this doesn't this optimism doesn't backfire. The, the little optimism that we were able to foster up in this podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find the rest of it. It's somewhere in this apartment that I live in. <laughs> we'll get there. All okay. right, folks, we'll be back in just a few seconds. The dupes are back and now it's time to rise up, rise up, rise up. Rise up.